We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the LakersNation.com podcast. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. A lot of stuff going on in the offseason for the Lakers. I know not quite as much action as everybody was hoping for, at least not on the trade front, but still plenty to talk about, plenty of possibilities still hanging out there as we inch closer and closer to August. On today's show, we're going to talk kind of big picture about the offseason, what the Lakers have done, the moves that they actually made, as well as what potentially could still be out there. And joining me is one of my very favorite people to talk Lakers basketball with. That's Alan Sliwa from ESPN. Alan, how are you doing? What's going on, Trev? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me on, and I couldn't agree more. What, it's been so quiet. What is going on here? It's been too quiet. It's been too quiet. And, <laughs> and I, don't, I don't know if that means like this is the calm before the storm and crazy stuff's going to happen and Durant's going to get traded and Mitchell's going to get traded and who knows what else is going to happen or, uh, or if this is just kind of going to be the, the offseason that, uh, that becomes a dud. I don't know what we're heading towards here, but what's, what's your sense? What are you feeling right now? Are you optimistic that the Lakers are going to make a move here? So I, I think where there's smoke, there's fire. And for the last four weeks, we've been talking about different scenarios for Russ and different scenarios. Maybe they go after Kyrie. Maybe mm -hmm. they go after the uh, Indiana Pacers and they'll have to give up draft compensation. They have to give up draft compensation any which way. I think it was over the weekend that you heard the Jazz, another team that was brought up. The Knicks, another team that was brought up. So to be honest with you, I know we haven't seen any action up to this point, and I'm sure there's Laker fans that are disappointed. I'm sure there's NBA fans that want to see more action. But don't you feel like to have this much chatter and conversation from some of the big names that eventually something will get done? And I guess, um, you know, timing is going to be everything, and it doesn't essentially have to happen in the month of July or maybe even the month of August. But by the time we get to training camp, I, I, I feel like something will go down. How big of a factor do you think LeBron is? I mean, with, it's not, a, I want to specify, it's not a drop dead date. I've got a lot of Lakers fans that are looking at August 4th and thinking that something's going to happen that day. That's the earliest day that LeBron can sign his extension. But when we hear about these different options that, are, that could be out there, Utah, New York, Indiana, Brooklyn, right? Even San Antonio in the mix, all these different teams that could wind up being landing spots for Russell Westbrook. How big of a factor is LeBron and this extension? Like, for example, if LeBron says, 
if you do this trade or this trade, I'll sign the extension. But if you trade them, if you do the New York trade, say, for example, then I won't sign the extension. Is Do you see that coming into play, that dynamic for the Lakers? And how does that guide their decision making? So I think it's a factor, but I don't think it is a threat of you do exactly what I tell you to do, or I'm not going to sign this two year extension or whatever mm-hmm. the case is. I think it's. I think both sides have mutual interest, right? I mean, just since LeBron came to the Lakers, I feel like the Lakers have kept their word. Hey, we're going to try to build a championship contender. You want us to trade all our assets to go get Anthony Davis? We'll go make it happen. You want us to trade more assets to go get Russ? We'll do that as well. So I think the Lakers have been a good partner to LeBron James. And by the way, I'm a fan of it. I love – when star players hold a franchise, I, I guess you can call it hostage if you want, um, making sure they know that the team has what's in the best interest of the players and obviously winning is a priority. And I don't think the Lakers, I don't think it, you could question some of the decisions that have been made. That's fair. Mm-hmm. But I think, Trev, I don't think there's ever a question of, hey, do the Lakers, is winning a priority? Do they, um, do they want to win a championship or championships? So I think it will come into play, but I don't think it's going to be one of those. I think the August 4th date is it's interesting timing of what's going on, but I can't see Braun sitting there and saying, well, if you don't do this, then I'm just not going to sign that extension. I feel like it's a good marriage and it has been since he's been here. Do you think the preferred option is indeed a Kyrie trade? I mean, that's, that's kind of what we've heard out there that until the Lakers know what's going on with Kyrie, they're not going to move on to any of these alternative plans, whether it's Indiana or whoever else they're, they're looking at. Is that the correct course? Is it is it Kyrie sits alone at the top of the list and then everybody else is it falls somewhere down the ladder? So I had a Brad Turner who covers the Lakers for the LA Times on yesterday, and we were talking about that exact thing because it does seem like priority A is go get Kyrie. And then all these other teams, it seems – as if it's plan B and Brad Turner thought the same thing yesterday that it, it does seem like the front office has prioritized that if hypothetically they're going to give up draft compensate compensation and they're not going to have, you know, that 2027 and potentially not that 2029 first rounder as well, they want to get an all-star back. And, um, you know, I know it's unique because, some Laker fans will look and say, do you really want Kyrie on your team? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think Kyrie gives you the most upside. Miles Turner and Buddy Hield might be a great fit, but let's not, let's not think those two players have the upside or the ceiling of a Kyrie Irving on the Lakers because I, I think that Kyrie obviously has more of an upside. Now that could work against the Lakers, and maybe he's not a great fit, and maybe he's not a great teammate. But I do think that it seems like that's the priority. And anything else, you could find some role players. You could find some good fit. You might have to give up draft compensation, but that seems secondary. If if anybody knows that sometimes adding a third star doesn't work, it's the Lakers. Yeah, it might be. (laughs) But but, but I think Kyrie Irving is a much more natural, much better on-court fit stylistically than Russell Westbrook. So I'm fully in agreement with this strategy of, look, you, you probably don't do it unless you've got an absolute steal. You don't pull the trigger on anything unless you know for sure that Kyrie's not coming. As long as that's a possibility out there, we've got a lot of time until training camp starts up. Think that you wait on the Kyrie Irving situation. But, Alan, what about the rest? 
we've heard about these different possibilities. Utah, I think, is interesting. There's a lot of different players that are making between that 10 to $15 million range. They'll be classified as veteran players that, in theory, don't fit into a rebuild, which if they trade Donovan Mitchell, Utah will be heading into. So maybe there's some options there. There's New York. We've heard about stuff around Julius Randle. Of course, the Buddy Heald, Miles Turner stuff. With the Pacers, the Spurs have been mentioned as maybe another, a third team to get in to a Kyrie Irving trade, maybe using pieces like Josh Richardson, Doug McDermott. Maybe the Lakers can, can do a direct trade with them. Out of all of those other options, what's at the top of your list? So if Kyrie's number one, what's number two in terms of your preference for the Lakers? So I, I have some intrigue. There, there's a little bit of intrigue on a couple of these teams, but I'll tell you where there's uh, what stands out a little bit to me is the Utah Jazz. Mm -hmm. They got players that are vets, been in the league for a while, understand um, some of that playoff intensity. And I'm not trying to say that the Utah Jazz have gone to the finals three years in a row or something like that. But I feel like they have players that if you put them in a playoff situation, they kind of already understand what it's all about. And, um, you know, talk about needing to round about the rest of your team with role players just think of taking Russ off the team and adding Mike Conley and Bogdanovich and mm -hmm. uh, players like that. And I, I don't, I'm not 100% sure on what those contracts look like, but um, I'm sure it's a combination. I saw, I've seen Clarkson's name being thrown around as well. Yeah. Um, or if you look at the Pacers, Buddy Hield and Miles Turner, uh, doesn't it just feel like, wow, if you had a couple of those types of players over what Russ was bringing to the table – a new coach in Darvin Ham, the offseason where you went out and got younger players, younger pieces, I feel like just right out the gate, it would refresh, kind of revitalize this Lakers team and this franchise. So whichever preference you have, you can have. I probably lean a little bit more. I kind of like the, the couple of those players that the Utah Jazz have. But it seems like any of those scenarios are much better than what the Lakers rolled out last year and what they'd be rolling out this year if they kept Russ on the roster. I think Utah is interesting. The, the challenge is that some of those players are older, like Bogdanovich, I believe, is 33. Mike Conley is, I want to say, 34, 35, right in there. Patrick Beverly is 34. So there's mm -hmm. there's some of the pieces that are a little bit older compared to, say, a Miles Turner, who's what, like 25, 26. Uh, Buddy Hield, young, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. He's older than you think, though. He's, he's how, 20, how old is he? he? He's like 29 or 30. Mm. He's if he's if he's not 30, he's about to turn 30 because he was an old college player. But but again, that's not necessarily old by NBA standards. Okay, so he's 29 and turns 30 in December. So that's that's coming up. But but the so the Utah trade, I look at that though, and I see some of those pieces. You think about a a score with the efficiency of a Bogdanovich. Uh, I, I, same thing with a, with Mike Conley, although you know he's getting up there in years. Maybe Patrick Beverly's defense, how ironic would that be if he winds up mm. with the Lakers? I think you're right. You can look at all these possibilities. You think about the no-fly zone around the rim. If you've got Miles Turner and Anthony Davis side by side, mm. there's some things that are really intriguing. And I do wonder, Alan, we keep hearing that the Lakers, they're willing to give up one of those future first-round picks, but not two. So first, do you think that that is the correct way to approach this? Or do you think ultimately they kick in a second first rounder? And if the Kyrie thing's off the table, does it then just become the first team to say, we'll do it for one first, gets, gets the deal, whether it's Utah or New York or who, you know, whoever else is out there, Indiana, San Antonio or whatever? So I, I might be, I don't know where I stand on this, but it sounds like for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, because this was a conversation over the weekend, Two first-rounders sounds like a lot to me. It does. Mm -hmm. And and listen, we are, you know, obviously 
when you look at the Lakers, and I know you can't compare them to every other team out there because the way they conduct business is different than the Pelicans or the Sacramento Kings. Or We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, the rebuilding is a lot different, but I don't know where the Lakers are going to be in a few years and they could easily just restock. But another thing that could happen is Braun could eventually retire in a couple years and they could go through a stage where the rebuilding process takes time and it's tough and you got to go draft players and crop them and everything else. Mm -hmm. It sounds like 2027 and 2029, those picks could be very valuable. So I don't see Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, if you got those, I'm using those two guys as an example. If you got those two players on your team, do you think now that you are the team to beat in the Western Conference? Probably not. You still got so many other things that got to go your way. Is AD going to play 70 games? Where's Braun going to be in his 20th season? Um, I still think you got a ton of questions. So it sounds like a steep asking price, in my opinion, that you got to give up two first rounders. So I kind of understand where Palenka is coming from on this. However, if the Kyrie trade doesn't go down and these teams and the market is telling you for you, for us to take Russ's contract and uh, for you to get two quality role players back, the market is two first rounders. I kind of feel like the Lakers are still in this um, desperate situation that yeah. they might have to do something just to do it. And if it's a difference of a first rounder rather than two second rounders, um, they might be pushed into a corner where they might have to do something that they're not crazy about. And that's what teams like the Pacers are hoping for. The rumor that's out there is that the Lakers said, the Pacers said, we want both first. The Lakers said, well, how about we do one first and a couple of seconds? And the Pacers said no to that. But again, right now, the urgency isn't necessarily there. As we get closer to training camp, urgency will start to build among all teams, not just, just the Lakers, because right now there's plenty of time for them to negotiate and figure things out. As much as the Lakers fans don't want to hear that, I, I'm sure you're hearing the same thing from fans, Alan. I'm seeing so many Lakers fans that are saying, oh my gosh, we're tired of all the rumors. Just, just do something. Get something done and get it done now. Let's make this happen. Don't go into training camp with Russell Westbrook. I'm assuming you're hearing the same stuff. I'm, uh, I think I'm on the chat board with them. I think I'm actually probably logging into your show and chatting as well and saying the same thing. So you have a burner uh, account, Alan? I have a burner. I have three of them, <laughs> three burners out there, Trev. Now, I, but by the way, I kind of get the, you know, there is when July 1st, leading up to July 1st or this year, they did it on that, I think on that June 30th at 3 p.m. out here on the West Coast, there is this anticipation of free agency. 
and trades and everything is just going to happen. And, you know, you keep checking your phone for uh, some type of update or uh, what did Woj say? What did Sham say? That has not been the case this summer. And I think the Lakers, there's been so much chatter around the Lakers and Kyrie and Russ and all these other teams that ultimately you, you almost just feel like you want to pay it off with something. Mm-hmm. And we obviously haven't been able to see that, but at the end of the day, look, the front office has got to do what they think is in the best interest of the franchise and the organization. And if the way they're reading it is we got to stay wait and, and stay, we got to be patient and just wait, then I will take their game plan and hopefully it pays off at the end. I agree. I think the patience might, as it's not fun, but it might be the order of the day. Yeah. Um, might be what you need. Uh, in order to ultimately make a good move. I mean, look, the, the Lakers, they've had a lot of moves recently that have been questionable. A lot of moves where you say they probably gave up a little bit too much value. They don't have enough assets less, left to do that sure. here. So they've got to make sure that they get the very most out of all the assets that they do have still available. And that might require patience as difficult as it is right now uh, in this moment. But, um, Alan, you know, we, we haven't had a chance to talk since – a lot of the big offseason signings. We talked about, you know, Lonnie Walker coming in, Troy Brown Jr., Juan Toscano Anderson, Thomas Bryant, welcome back home, Damian Jones, mm-hmm. the same. I feel like this roster is primed for a trade, but regardless, what do you think about the additions that the Lakers made? Like, how did you feel? I know we're, we're a few weeks removed now. How are you feeling about the choices that Rob Plank and the Lakers front office made in free agency? It was kind of predictable, to be honest with you. I I thought uh, coming into free agency that there probably wasn't going to be any big splashes. You weren't going to get these big name guys that were going to come to the Lakers. And frankly, that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. When Mm -hmm. I say big name, as in you might have a guy like last season, you might sign three, four or five guys that were big names in the past, but just their contributions are no longer there. So I was okay with that part. I think the fact that they got so much younger – is exciting. I think the fact that you got a brand new fresh coach that's going to put in his own culture and in uh, we'll see how things pan out, but hold everybody accountable. That part is exciting, but I wasn't too surprised or shocked by the off season so far. I think the big question, which was there a month ago and is still there today. Can you move Russ to go get pieces that you now say, I'm re- I really like that addition. I really like that guy. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I actually like what they did. The Damian Jones, Thomas Bryant, I really like. I think those are two guys that will find their way on this team and find a way to contribute and just good hustle guys. Like I, I think it's always good to have players like that. Um, Lonnie Walker, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table. But I don't think any of those moves really move the needle other than um, – what they could do collectively and how over an 82 game grind they can improve, play for the team, listen to Darvin Ham. I think those, those factors of it could be effective, but nothing really big. And I think maybe that's part of this anticipation of what happens next is also there wasn't anything big and flashy that happened. Did you have a favorite out of those signs? Because I've seen a lot of different responses from Lakers fans there. Which, which of those five guys that they brought in, did you think, yes, that's that's the guy, I think, that, that kind of stands above the rest? So, I mean, this, I, I guess, can fall under a, a couple different ways, but I thought Juan Toscano-Anderson, not that he was used a lot with the Warriors because he really wasn't, 
but I like that style of a basketball player. It kind of feels like he'll get opportunities with the Lakers, and they need someone like that, just kind of a in-your-face type of a player. Um, even even a signing like Damian Jones, who we got a chance to see on those two 10-day contracts I was a fan of um, in the time that he was with the Lakers. So I, I guess you could maybe point at those guys. I'm curious to see Thomas Bryant coming off these injuries um, how he kind of sets himself up with the Lakers. The Lonnie Walker, you can say it was let's replace Malik Monk with Lonnie Walker, kind of that type of approach you can say, but uh, it sucks seeing Malik Monk leave. Yeah. I, I thought he was a and, – and it wasn't a surprise because what he got he deserves, and he could probably thank the Lakers for some of that exposure to go get that contract in Sacramento. Well, that that is a fantastic segue because, Alan, I was going to ask, all of these guys they brought in, all one-year contracts. Yeah. Um, with the exception of Damian Jones, who has a player option for a second year, but that's a that's you know it's a better minimum contract. So I'm not too concerned about that or anything. But all of these guys coming in, we could very well see the Malik Monk effect, where if they hit, like look, Troy Brown Jr. is what 22 years old. Yep. If he get earns himself a role on this Lakers team, and you know he soaks up that spotlight and and he proves himself to be a three and D player, you either are going to have to pay a lot more next year to keep him. Or he's going to walk away like we saw with with Malik Monk. Is that a concern at all? And, wh and why do you think the Lakers went that route? Is 2023 cap space that's uh, is something that is just incredibly incredibly important to them? Or what's going on here? I feel like they think they could always get guys like this. Yeah. Right? That the allure, part of the Lakers pitch, I'm sure, is, hey, look at a guy like Malik Monk. He was kind of buried in his years in Charlotte. Not that he wasn't a you know a talented player, but he doesn't get the exposure. Lakers, whether they're 16 games below 500 or 16 games above 500, they're virtually on national television every night or NBA TV. So I think strategically for the Lakers, they value stars more, of course, mm -hmm. and they always feel like they could get guys that could come in and contribute. And if that guy leaves after one year, I don't think they think it's the end of the world. Now, Malik Monk is probably a, it's an example that hurts my argument because I think the Lakers wish they could get Malik Monk back, but he had to do what was in his best interest. And, you know, obviously the money that he's getting up in Sacramento is more than the Lakers could offer. But I, I think they're always going to feel there are players like that around the NBA that could come in and fill in some of those roles. Um, and they'd rather put themselves in a position where they feel like they have the flexibility to go get uh, a, a more big time player that is more easily attracted to the Lakers than maybe that big time player would be in some of those smaller markets. That makes sense. Yeah. If they feel like they can always offer that spotlight and point to Malik Monk point to Austin Reeves as examples, then you can kind of churn through these guys that just need a little bit more exposure and you can get them on a cheaper contract relative to what their production would suggest. Um, lastly though, Alan, when we're looking at looking ahead to this summer, What's your prediction? What do, what do you see happening here? When uh, we roll around to game starting in uh, yeah. what October 3rd, his first preseason game, is it Kyrie in a Lakers uniform? Is it Russell Westbrook? What, what do you think is going to, going to happen from here? I think Russ gets moved. I think eventually the Lakers will find a, uh, find a home for Russ. My, my hesitation on Kyrie is I think it's going to be tough to move KD. And I think the KD piece of it, because he's under contract for four years, Brooklyn, if they're not happy with the deals that are out there, they could say, 
KD, we tried, but we don't feel we're getting what you're worth. We're going to have to wait, and let's start out the season with you on this team. And it sounds like the Brooklyn Nets have obviously prioritized, as they should. We're not going to – we're going to pay less attention to Kyrie right now. we got to figure out the KD situation first. And unless KD gets moved – if KD gets moved, I think there's a good chance Kyrie comes to the Lakers. I really do. But KD is such a big piece in the NBA that to move a player like that – I mean, Minnesota – gave up four first rounders for Gobert plus the first rounder that they selected. So what is, what is the market then for, for Kevin Durant and our teams, you know, if the asking price is Jalen Brown and Marcus smart and other draft picks is Boston better off just saying, maybe we should just keep moving or keep building with what we have. And I don't know if they'll be able to move KD with that. Kind of got a feeling the Lakers will make some kind of plan B ancillary move with one of these other teams. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're going to do something. I think that something is going to happen. Just the question is, is what? And again, yeah. I, ironically, it could take the Celtics trading for Kevin Durant to <laughs> land Kyrie Irving. Do you think KD like KD ends up going? I don't know. I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough to find value for him. But if they're going to, I look at, the Raptors and the Celtics, I think, are the two teams mm. that could potentially get him and still have a team that could win a championship. I think that's going to be key. Um, Raptors, yeah. are, I, I like when you say the Raptors because they they work so quietly mm-hmm. that and they have you know if if you're Brooklyn and you're going to start moving on and rebuilding, you got to like Toronto's talent, right? Like they got young piece. That's kind of what they do. They they try to crop their own. I know they eventually mm-hmm. traded for Kawhi. But that, that could be an interesting situation. So I'll, let me flip it on you real quick. Dust settles October 3rd. Russ mm-hmm. on the Lakers or no? I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm going to say, say no. There, there's, well. there's, there's too much noise. I agree. There's, there's too much noise here about moving him. And um, and it's relentless. It, it's like it every is. day there's a little bit. There's a, another nugget. I think they've got a lot of incentive to try to make a move here and see if you can if you can. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Find a new home for Ross and add some pieces that fit better. I just I don't think you can walk into next season with a lot of optimism that LeBron, Russell Westbrook, and Anthony Davis are going to work together based on what we saw last season despite Darvin Ham's confidence uh, that, uh, that he can figure out a way to make it work. Yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good way to put it. And, and frankly, to be honest with you, I think for all parties, Russ somewhere else is probably better for him mm-hmm. and the Lakers with other players, probably better for the Lakers. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, 
still a lot to come for the Lakers this summer. Alan, thank you so much for, for coming on here and, and discussing. Nice to have you come in and, uh, and get your take. I know we hadn't had a chance to talk since uh, some of the craziness. Thank you, buddy. Always appreciate you having me on. All right, bud. Thanks. And uh, Lakers Nation, make sure you go follow Alan at Alan Slewa to find all of his work on ESPN LA. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring that notification bell as well. Till next time, stay safe and see ya. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.